Well, good morning, everyone. Um, I don't know if you could tell from that little video, we're going to be talking about uh, over the next four weeks, what in the world do we do when people say stupid things and offend us, or do things and offend us? Now, before I dive into that, let me, let me deal with a couple other things. First of all, um, I introduced myself earlier, but I'm Aaron, one of the pastors here at Bridgewater, and we are really glad that you're here with us. Second of all, that was exciting this morning, amen, right? Yeah, yeah, that's worth clapping for. A um, couple of things that you need to know, okay? So if you're a part of Bridgewater, if you're part of the, the Vestal family here, I've I got to just take a minute and deal with a couple of announcements, Okay. Um, first of all, we have been praying and asking God uh, to, to move amongst us, and we've been doing some things um, to, to contribute to that. So we would see, we wanted to see over the course of this year, 20 people come to know Christ. That's what we were praying for. That's what we committed ourselves to at the beginning of the year. Many of you uh, committed right alongside us to just start working to, to try to share the gospel once a month and try to invite at least one person with you a month. Um, Jonathan's testimony today was number 20 on the year. Yeah. To, for me to stand in front of you and to say that I am overwhelmed would be an understatement. For us to be able to look at all that God has done in just six short, short months is incredible. Amen? Right? So here, here's what that tells me. It tells me two things. Number one, I think God is a whole lot bigger than we often give him credit for. And he is able to do way more than we often think, right? You know? Number two, now is not the time to stop, okay? And so I want to invite you to join me to continue that commitment. I want to invite you to join me and pray that we would see God um, over the course of this year, not just see 20 people, but I, I think we should start asking God for 30. What do you think? I think we should start asking and working. Now, we can't control it. We can't make it happen, but we can, we can, we can pray, we can invest, we can invite, we can share the gospel. We can do those things. The rest is up to God. So to our Vestal Church family, I, I want to encourage you and ask you, would you join me in praying and working to that end? What do you think? Okay, okay, that was, that was kind of weak, but I'll take your word for it. All right, all right. So I look forward to seeing what God is going to do, and I'm very thankful for all that God has already done. We'll talk more about that in the future. As we get started this morning, if you have a Bible and you want to open up to the book of Matthew, it's the first book in the New Testament, so if you kind of, it's not exactly in the middle of, of a Bible, it's kind of more towards the, the last third, but you can open up to Matthew. We're going to be in chapters 5 and 6 this morning, or if you want to follow along on your phone, you can do that, or I'll have all the scripture up here on the stage as well. But I have a question for you. Okay, and it's a question that there's a reason why we shared that video that we did. Here, here's the question. Have you ever been offended by someone? If it's the person next to you, don't raise your hand. Okay? No, seriously. Have you ever been offended by someone? Some of you are not raising your hands. I'm sorry, you're bad liars. Okay? <laughs> the reality is every single one of us have been offended by someone. Has anybody ever said something about you that wasn't true? How did that feel? Right? 
It's, it's like, excuse me, can somebody take that knife out of my back, you know? Has, has someone close to you ever spoken to you in a way that really made you feel like you were less than? Has anybody ever posted something online and you simply just said, hmm, maybe there's more to the story than just that, and all of a sudden the fight was on? Man, in the last three years as a culture, I think we have become more and more offendable than I have ever seen. I came across a, a quote from a, a group it was actually, it's actually called the Indigo Project. It's a counseling cohort in Australia. They're trying to help people deal with mental health issues, and they posted this. This is what they said. Let me read it to you. The internet can be a pretty grubby place, <laughs> right? I mean, you've experienced that. Do you ever weigh in on Facebook? That's a lot of fun. Did you get your right arm back? <laughs> the internet can be a pretty grubby place. Anyone who's ever, you know, copped online flack can attest to that, myself included. When a video that I made went viral and people told me they wished I got hit by a bus. Think about that. Just because of video. He goes on to say, with the cloak of anonymity and the benefit of convenience, people can say mostly whatever they like, whenever they want, to whomever is there. Ever seen that, right? And he finishes off by saying this. This means that the most insensitive, misinformed, ignorant, and downright offensive of people have a platform through which to engage and enrage us. And all of a sudden, because of things that we see posted online, things that people are saying, things that may or may not be true, we get offended. Surely you felt this, right? Someone has posted something and immediately you were ready to fight because, well, to be honest, I mean, their post was stupid or ignorant and somebody needed to set them straight. And so what did you do? You got offended and you weighed in. Or they hurt you in a way they hurt you so deeply that you need to wade into that relationship and you need to make sure that they know, that you know, that they were wrong. You need to make sure that they know that they hurt you. Come on now, we've all felt this, right? We've all felt this. We've been offended. We've been hurt. Here's what I know about you. Every single one of you here today have been are currently or will be offended by someone, which tells me over the next four weeks, the things that we talk about are imperative to the life that you are living right now. And here's why. Um, <laughs> when we get offended, we tend to respond poorly. Here's what I know about me, and here's what I'm going to guess is true about you. I'm going to guess that you are more informed in your responses when somebody offends you by the First Amendment than you are by the truth of Jesus. 
Hear me out for just a minute. I'm going to guess that you tend to think that how you should respond in the midst of getting offended is more about your inalienable right given to you by the First Amendment of the Constitution of the United States of America than what Jesus actually says. Because here's the reality. Jesus says we can be unoffendable. Did you know that? Here's what the United States Constitution says. First Amendment, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for redress of grievances. We take this idea of freedom of speech and we've decided that since we have freedom of speech, we can say whatever we want, whenever we want, however we want, if somebody offends us. And the problem is, Jesus tells us something different. Over the next four weeks, we're going to talk about two facts, okay? Number one, you have been offended. You will be offended. Offense is an event. But number two, offended is a choice. Having offenses, people hurting you, doing something wrong, that will happen. Because this world is filled with sinners of whom I am one. People who can be inconsiderate or just ignorant or, or say something out of accident and all of a sudden before you know it, you are hurt. Offenses will occur, but offended is your choice and my choice. That's the reality. And the more I study the way of Jesus, the more I'm convinced of this next statement that if you, if you don't catch anything else, it, it, this, this is the most important. You and I can choose to be unoffendable. The more I look at Jesus, the more I see people who said dumb things and treated him poorly and the way he responded over and over. Yes, he would speak the truth, but he was gracious and constantly unoffendable, the more I realize maybe I need to start making some different choices. So, over the next four weeks, here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about four choices that you and I can make to be unoffendable. We're going to look at the way of Jesus and the things that show up in Scripture and talk about how I can choose to not, not be controlled by someone else's offense. Here's what we're going to talk about today. If we change our approach to offenses, then we'll stop being offended. See, when someone comes at me and says something or writes things, I mean, listen, I've, I've been a public speaker now for over 20 years. There have been people who have written all sorts of fun things about me online. You don't have to go search, but that, that's a lot of fun, okay? And I, I, I always really, really enjoy that. It's one of my favorites, wading into the comment section. I've had people walk into my office as a pastor, sit down in front of me, people that I've loved and served and, and, and you know, given my life to, so, so to speak, who sat in front of me and said, I hate you. In that moment, whoo, <laughs> I'm glad we have the ability to respond differently. 
And what Jesus teaches us is that if we, if we change our approach to when we are offended, we'll stop, or when, when offense occurs, we'll stop being offended. So what I want to do is I want to show you Jesus' approach. The first place it shows up, I think, is in Matthew chapter 6. Now, we're going to land in Matthew chapter 5, but Matthew chapter 6 is in the middle of this kind of three-chapter section of the book of Matthew where Jesus is teaching the people who are following him what it looks like to actually be a part of the kingdom of God. See, the, the scriptures teach us that when you put your faith in Jesus, you have become a child of God, and now you are a part of his kingdom And he tells us that when we become a part of his kingdom, we're to live according to the rules of the kingdom. And so in Matthew 5, Matthew 6, and Matthew 7, we have this section of of the book of Matthew that's called the Sermon on the Mount. In those three chapters, Jesus lays out what it will look like if Jesus is really the Lord of my life. And he says this in Matthew chapter 6. Look at what he says. He says, starting... This is actually uh, verse, verse 14. He says this, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you. Now let me finish this with what our world would say. If you forgive people when they hurt you, here's what's true about you. You're weak. Somebody says something about you at work and you forgive them, you're weak. Or you're a pushover. Or you have zero self-esteem and you're willing to just let people roll over you. That's what the world would say. This is why I'm saying we need to change our approach. Let's look at what Jesus actually said. He says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Uh Uh-oh. What's the flip side of that? Verse 15 shows up. Look at what it says. But if you do not forgive others their sins... Your Father will not forgive your sins. That gets pretty scary. Here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying that if you're going to follow the way of Jesus, forgiveness is imperative. Listen, you cannot even become a follower of Jesus without forgiveness, and you will not demonstrate that you are a follower of Jesus unless forgiveness shows up. Here's what Jesus is saying when it comes to his approach. Here's his approach. Drop the offense with forgiveness. The first choice that that we have to make when it comes to people who have hurt us and people who have sinned against us and people who have talked about us or people who have different points of views and then when we share ours and they say, oh, you're you're dumb or you're this or that or whatever, the first thing we've got to grasp with is the fact that Jesus calls us to be a people characterized by forgiveness. You know that? Now, before I go any further, I want to just deal with a, a, a reality We talked about this briefly last week, if you were here last week, but the reality is, I also know that in a room this big, there are people that the offenses that you've endured have actually been of of an abusive nature, okay? So when we talk about forgiveness, I think you can forgive a, a person who has abused you, but I would also tell you, please do not mistake forgiveness for the reestablishment of trust. That takes time. And it may not ever be earned. 
But when you and I choose to forgive someone, we are actually setting ourselves free. If you don't forgive someone, it takes control of you. So, in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus walks through three reasons why this particular approach is imperative. Three reasons why we must choose to forgive people. And here's, here's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people from your past. I'm talking about people in your present. I'm talking about people in your family. I'm talking about people you know, at your job, in your neighborhood. Christians need to be the most forgiving people on the planet. Why aren't we? Why aren't we? Maybe it's because God's not done with us. And today needs to be the start of Him doing something in your life and in my life. Let me just walk you through the text, okay? Three reasons for this approach. To drop the offense, choose to. When someone's hurt you, drop the offense with forgiveness. Matthew chapter 5, and I'm going to start in verse 21. Look at what it says, okay? It says this, You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, You shall not murder. Okay, so far, can we just just stop there, right? Like, that sounds good, right? You shall not... Okay, you, some of you aren't saying yes, I'm concerned. Why are you not saying yes to that sounds good? Hmm, I'm learning about people in New York. All right, all right, here we go. Jesus says, you've heard that the, he's talking about the Old Testament. He's talking about the law. The law says, thou shalt not murder, Okay? And anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. That sounds good, right? In fact, we still have those laws here in our country today. But then he expounds on it. He goes, actually, the issue is a whole lot bigger than that. Okay? In verse 22, here's what he says. But I tell you, Jesus says, I'm going to expound upon that. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will also be subject to judgment. Can we let that set in for just a minute? Because I think we read this and then we just, we just move it, we move past it too much. Or we say, wait a minute, he couldn't mean people who have a right to be angry. I have a right to be angry. Do you know what they did to me? Do you know what they said about me? Do you know how he treated me? Do you know what, what she said behind my back? I have a right to be angry, so Jesus isn't talking to me. Actually, time out, Jesus is absolutely talking about you and me. Anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Now, before we go too far, does this mean you can't, you can't get angry? Okay, No, but the reality is there's a lot of different ways that we express anger. Ever seen passive aggressiveness? Don't elbow the person next to you. That's called passive aggression, okay? You ever seen aggressive aggressiveness? You ever seen people just talk about and say, can't believe what he did to me. That's where the problem comes. Where rather than us dropping the offense with forgiveness, we are, we are hanging on to it, and it's our little you know, it's our little ball that we get to hang on to and we get to pull it out and whack somebody in the head whenever we're ready. That's what Jesus is talking about. 
Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, raka, or that word means empty head, or, or we would just say dummy. You've never said somebody was dumb, have you? I appreciate the honesty. <laughs> We've never used names. Here, here's what I'm getting at. The reality is, this is not just a problem for those people. This is a problem for me. And I've got to learn how to drop the offense with forgiveness. Anyone who does that is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, when we're angry and we act on that anger, rather than coming with forgiveness and extending forgiveness, trusting that God's grace is enough to cover even their offenses, okay? When we act out of our anger, there's a problem with our hearts. There's a problem with my heart. And now all of a sudden, rather than the problem just being with the person who offended me, now the problem is with me. The problem is with me. If something happens between me and my wife and, 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 and she hurts me, right? Now all of a sudden, if I act out of that anger, the problem is with me, Right? Here's what Jesus is saying. Drop the offense with forgiveness. Why? Because choosing to be offended actually affects your heart. It affects your heart. It's bad for you. It, 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 it's causing you to move away from Jesus. It's causing you to live in a way that's not consistent with the way of Jesus. It affects your heart. It builds bitterness. It only contributes to more anger. You, you know this. You've already felt this. It wasn't that long ago that I had an interaction with, with another brother in, in Christ, and, 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 and I think he misunderstood what I was trying to say to him, and all of a sudden he started throwing like insults at me. And, and have you ever had it where you feel like your blood begin to go up and you feel your temperature rise? Anybody ever felt that? It doesn't happen to me a lot. I'm... I, generally a fairly patient person and pretty level-headed in those types of situations, but for whatever reason, this one, I went from like zero to 100 instantaneously. It just hit me. And I am so thankful for the Spirit of God, okay? This is not me. This is the Spirit of God, but he, he told me on that phone call, like I knew, Aaron, you have to get off this phone call right now. If you don't get off this phone call, you are going to do something dumb, Thankfully, I was able to get off the phone call and say, hey, I'm going to call you back. And we were able to work through it. I was able to extend him forgiveness. He was able to extend me forgiveness. And it allowed us to be able to go on as brothers. But if we stick to being offended, it will affect your heart. It will pull you away from Christ. Look at what else he says, verse 23 says this, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar. Now, remember, what, what, what's this? Because we don't, we don't have an altar here, right? We don't do that. This is in a Jewish context, okay? Where for them to go and worship God, they would go to the temple, okay? They'd go to the, the tabernacle. They weren't doing a tabernacle. They weren't offering sacrifices there. But several times a year, they'd have to go into, the, into Jerusalem and go to the temple. And they would make a sacrifice and bring an offering before the Lord, Right? That's what he's talking about here. If you are going to do that 
and you remember that your brother or sister has something against you. Maybe you hurt them or they got angry with you or you were angry with them. Whatever it is, there's some sort of offendedness between you and somebody else. Well, I mean, it's not really a big deal, right? You know, it's just another, it's just another Sunday. Here I am. I'm worshiping the Lord. Okay, you know, getting my praise on, doing my thing, right? And all of a sudden you remember that there's something between you and somebody else, what do you do? Look at what he says. Leave your gift, verse 24, leave your gift at there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. Now, we're going to unpack later in this series the idea of reconciliation, okay, and what that all means. So, I'm not going to deal with a lot of that today. But essentially, in talking about the reasons why we should offer forgiveness, what Jesus is saying is this. Choosing to be offended actually hinders your worship. It keeps you from walking with God and being close to God. That alone is a good reason to drop the offense with forgiveness, You might think that it's not affecting you. I'm telling you, Jesus says it is. He says it's that important that you need to stop, drop everything you have, okay? You want me to say roll, stop, drop, and roll. No, don't don't do that, okay? Stop, drop everything you have, and go find the person and make sure you deal with this, okay? It actually hinders your worship. Verse 25. So what do we do? Okay? What do we do? Verse 25 says this. Settle matters quickly with your adversary. If somebody's hurt you, they may be acting like your enemy. If somebody's hurt you, you may choose to think of them as your enemy. So what do you do now? You settle it quickly. Whoever is taking you to court, do it while you're still together on the way. You say, well, nobody's taking me to court. No, but maybe in your heart there's a matter that needs to be settled between you and somebody else, and you kind of need somebody to come in between a little bit like court. Do it while you're still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. You're like, wait a minute, this sounds really kind of crazy. Actually, can you hold on for a second? Because I'm telling you, it's not crazy. It's actually not crazy. So not crazy, we're reading it again. We got it here. That's good. I like it. (laughs) Verse 26, look at what he says. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. Let me explain what happens when we refuse to deal with our offenses. I'm going to need two volunteers. Who is brave enough? Okay. Okay. Come on up, Mary. Come on up. Come on up. Yeah. Come on. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you for being brave. Come on over. Now, I need you to stand there, okay? And I need you to stand right here, okay? How's it going? Good. I want to show you guys, and I want everybody else to see what occurs when 
offenses don't get dealt with. I want to imagine that you guys have been best friends for a long time, okay? You guys talk every day, you text every day, and then one day something happens. Mary, unfortunately, you send a text that gets misinterpreted, and all of a sudden now you're, you're you, yeah, talk to, talk to the hand because the face ain't listening, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh no, you didn't, right? Okay, yeah. And so what happens, rather than actually dealing with it, I'll take this, I got it, sorry. I'm afraid, I'm afraid what you're going to do with this, okay? So what happens is now all of a sudden there's this stumbling block between you two where you're upset with her. She may not even know it. And rather than going and dealing with it, you decide, okay, you know what? I'm not going to cut my relationship off completely, but I'm just upset. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to stick this in, and I'm just going to put something between the two of us. Okay? And then before you know it, you know, one day something comes out and you're, 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 you're still upset about the whole text thing and she doesn't know it and you decide to kind of send a snarky response one day. Not that you'd ever do that. I mean, nobody ever sends snarky responses, right? And all of a sudden you send that snarky response and Mary's like, I didn't do anything. Why is she responding to me like this? And so you respond back and it gets heated. And little by little, you know, maybe there's a day where you forgot it was her birthday. <laughs> you, you, you were good, good at this offended thing, okay? <laughs> you forgot it was her birthday, and rather than her just saying, hey, you know, can we talk? She decided to be passive-aggressive and block you on Facebook. You've been, you guys have been friends for 10 years, you know? And then, I, I think I chose the right people for this. This is, this is good. And then one day, you both just, you'd had enough. And you got into it. Not only, there you go. Not only, um, thank you, you're doing great. You, you got into it not only online and not only in text, but you guys were out in public and you got into a huge fight. I'm, this is, it actually fit earlier. So now, here's what's happened. Well, this is an ugly little fence. Little by, hey, look at you, you got it. Little by little, you've created this fence in between the two of you. Now, here's the thing. That, that, that fence is not real big. I'm going to walk over here, okay? But when we do this, and then we have another relationship with somebody over here and a relationship with somebody over here and a relationship with somebody over here and a relationship with somebody over here and here you get the picture. And if we don't ever change our approach before you know it, you've got block after block after block after block with plank after plank after plank in between you and all other kinds of people. And the same thing for you. <laughs> and now, what have you built? You've, actu you've actually built not only a wall between you and somebody else, but you've built a prison of somebody else's offenses. And now, you're isolated, and you've broken all sorts of relationships. But Jesus, in the process, says, hey, wait a minute, quickly resolve the matters. Jesus says, if you forgive, he says, if you forgive one another, your Father will forgive you. 
He says, there's a different way. There's actually a way for you to be able to resolve the things. I know that you forgot her birthday. I know that you, you said some harsh things about her online. But if you start taking these offenses and saying, you know what? I'm going to forgive. And you start laying them down. Thank you, Miss Mary. Look at you. Now, what have we built here? What have, we, what have we built between the two of you? Both of you have built a bridge to one another. Right? You can walk over it. Can somebody say, can you guys give these guys a round of applause? Thank you. Thank you. Here's my point. Let's go back. Let's go back to verse 25. Jesus says this. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you're still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Listen, you may not be thrown into a physical prison, but you can build a prison of offenses. You can wall yourself in. You can cut off everybody, you can get angry, and you can get bitter, and you can think that you're right and they're wrong, and all you are going to do is build walls between you and everybody else. But what if, maybe, just maybe, we decided to settle matters quickly? We decided to take Jesus seriously and say, you know what? Hey, he's forgiven me. I can forgive. We start laying things down. Now, all of a sudden, you have the opportunity for bitterness to not take stronghold in your marriage, to not take stronghold with your kids. You have the opportunity for there to be a different outcome. So here's the third reason for this approach. Choosing to be offended builds walls instead of bridges. Now, let me wrap this up, okay? Let me leave you with some things that you can do if you choose to build bridges. If you choose to say, you know what, I'm going to forgive, I'm going to lay it down. What, what can we actually do? Well, thankfully the scripture is really plain on this. Let me just give you four steps that you can take that are very, very simple. You might want to write these down. Number one, refuse to retaliate. Scripture's super clear on this. Don't go back after people. I don't know how to tell you. Like, I know you're angry. I know they probably deserve it. Don't go back at them. Some of us need to learn when to shut our mouths. Just being honest. And to let the Spirit of God take control. The book of Proverbs is very clear on this. Look at what it says. Don't say, I will get even for this wrong. Wait for the Lord to handle the matter. You might just want to tattoo it on your arm. Or put it on your fridge. That's easier and cheaper. <laughs> okay? Remember this one. Number two, prioritize relationships over being right. Do you want to be right or do you want to have a relationship? I know you want to be right and you think you can keep the relationship. Probably not. Look at what Proverbs says. It says this. An offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends like a gate with locked bars. Stop arguing. I don't know how many times I've said that to my children. And then we do the same thing. Number three, harsh hurts go gentle. When we are harsh with people, 
it hurts. Look at what Proverbs says. It says this, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. <laughs> Anybody ever seen that? Woo. Maybe we should go gentle. Just a suggestion. Number four, if you're going to fight, fight to forgive. If you're going to fight for anything, fight to forgive. Look at what Proverbs says. Hatred stirs up quarrels, but love makes up for all offenses. All. Really all? Yes, all. Love covers many, all offenses. So here's what I want to ask you to do. I'm going to close with this. Since the first choice that we can make is to choose to drop the offense with forgiveness, I want to ask you to take out your phone. I know you got them. Don't hide them. Come on. You got a phone. Pull it out. Pull it out of your pocket or your purse or whatever it is, wherever you got it. Some of you don't. Okay, fine. You know, maybe you write it down. Here's what I want to ask you. Who is it that comes to your mind? And don't treat me like I, there's not somebody in your mind. Who is it that comes to your mind that you need to fight to forgive right now, write them down, and you know your assignment for this week. If we're going to follow the way of Jesus, which, by the way, is a better way, if we're going to follow the way of Jesus, you probably need to have a conversation at least with God about that person and maybe even with that person. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word and the wisdom within it. Thank you for the truth that offenses are events, and offended is a choice. Thank you that we can make a different choice. God, I pray that you would help me this week to lean into forgiveness and to turn away from bitterness. God, we love you. Please help us to be a forgiving people. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.